podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the LFC Transfer Room podcast for Anfield Index. Today we'll be focusing on the recent links to Napoli's Brazilian-born midfielder, Jorginho. With me today, I have my LFC transfer room counterpart, Alex Mansfield. Hey Rob, how you doing today, man? Brilliant. Uh, good to have you on. And <clears throat> joining us today are guests, Dee Carson, who is a lifelong Liverpool fan, Italian football fanatic and video producer at AFC Liverpool. Hello, great to be here. Great to have you, Steve. And along with Steve today, we have Paolo Mangoni, a contributor to the notorious site of Gianluca Damasio. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. So, um, I'm sure we can all agree, before we get going, um, we just want to pay our respects to the Fiorentina captain, uh, Davide Astori. Um, recording this not too long after the news uh, had come out of his sudden passion at the age of 31. And, you know, I'm sure I echo everyone's uh, words that our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, um, everyone at Fiorentina, and indeed the whole of Italian football who are collectively uh, collectively mourning such a such a loss. So uh, here's to you, Davide. Um, back to Jorginho. Uh, Usually what we do in these podcasts, we go back to the root of the transfer. Let's see where it came from originally. Now, some Liverpool fans may not remember, but originally he was linked to us back in 2013 when uh, Brendan Rodgers was at the helm. Um, in fact, it was a, an Italian journalist called Alfredo Padula who linked us in June 2013. Now, LFC Transfer Room, we go through a lot of rumours from the continent. He may not be the most reliable, but he, he may have been onto something here. Um, the likes of Paul Joyce or, or most of the reliable Liverpool-related press confirmed that we'd made an £8 million back then, but unfortunately the deal had fallen through and he decided to sign for Napoli. Um, Steve, I just wanted to touch on that. Do you think that previous interest from Liverpool could mean that Jorginho has been a long-term target that might even predate Jürgen Klopp's plans at Anfield, or is this something completely new? I think uh, Jorginho has changed in the kind of player that he he was back then because he back then I believe he played for uh, Verona and he was a bit more of an attacking presence in the team whereas nowadays he's more of a a deeper presence for the team and I don't really think it would be in Jurgen Klopp's uh, ideals to go after players that we've previously looked at just because there is an interest there. I think Jurgen Klopp wants them for probably a completely different reason that Brendan Rodgers may have. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, there's been a lot made of the transfer committee and, 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 and whether there's still an aspect of that going on. Um, I suppose it wouldn't have wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a, an issue having sort of footage or, or some stats on him from when he was at Chivo Verona, but I'm sure now that Jurgen Klopp probably has some, some decent ideas what to do with him. Um, <clears throat> basically, since then, they've resurfaced very, very recently, the links to Jorginho, sort of out of the blue. And it was the reliable Paul Joyce again, who reported it on the 24th of February. And it's since been confirmed by pretty much most of the respected Merseyside-based correspondents. 
So guys, let's um, let's talk here real quick. Pablo, I'm going to take this to you, and let's first talk a little bit about about Napoli in general. I mean, as much as we talk about Liverpool being the sensational entertainers, um, it's tough to rate anyone above Napoli as far as just beautiful attacking football. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the role that Jorginho plays and and Maurizio Sarri's setup, and and how he's contributed to that just that incredible squad and brand of football they put together. Well, uh, first off, I just want to say uh, that uh, DiMarzo hasn't linked uh, Georgina to Liverpool. So uh, with that out of the way, uh, hypothetically, if he does go, um, he would he would fit right in because he's able to play a simple one-two passes to um, with uh, to create triangles to move up the field. That's essentially how uh, Maurizio Sarri likes to set up his team. And uh, a great example of uh, his, his diversity of skill is that he's able to... Uh, pick out the long passes and a great example of that is uh, Napoli's first goal in their 4-1 win against Lazio when uh, when he provided a great lob assist for for Calihon so that that's essentially how uh, that is a great example of his skill that he could he hypothetically could bring to, uh, to Liverpool yeah and it's it really is I mean the intricacy of that football is amazing and you see that you know everyone's been been tuning into YouTube since this this link surface is where all want to do. And uh, you see, you see how deft he is with his touch and how brilliantly he weights those balls. And with, you know, that the big thing that I personally think Liverpool and Napoli have in common is the intelligent movement of those, you know, their attackers and the idea of him, you know, in behind feeding the likes of Mane and Salah is certainly, certainly a good prospect. Uh, Tell me this, how, how have you seen Jorginho evolve since he first arrived at Napoli? I remember, I, I thought I remember reading that when Rafa Benitez originally brought him in, was he supposed to be more of a box-to-box midfielder in, in his perception? Is that right? I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that, um, with, that anal- uh, with that analogy, especially he's uh, more of a ball-winning midfielder. That's the way, type of play, uh, way he played at Verona. And then as soon as Mauricio Sarri came in, he evolved into this, uh, to this creative midfielder. And it, and it definitely, Mauricio Sarri definitely had a massive impact on his career. Well, that's certainly interesting. I mean, I think a lot of Liverpool fans have probably been, been looking at how Emre Chan. it's been a lot of speculation, but I think deep down quite a lot of us have sort of resigned him to maybe leaving at the end of his contract in the summer and maybe see Jorginho as a, as a bit of a like-for-like replacement or certainly somebody who can come in and, and fill his boots. Um Stay, I want to come to you with this one. How do you think the two stack up? If Emery Chan does leave, would Jorginho be an improvement? Or what else might he add to the team? Or what could he be lacking if you compare him to what Emery does? Well, I mean, Emery Jan, you could probably describe him as a bit of a destroyer in midfield. He's the kind of player who's going to shoulder barge into the other uh, team's midfielders and, and steal the ball and then play a pass. Um but what you got with Jorginho is that he's capable of doing that. He's probably not quite as good as Emre Jan at breaking up the play in such a way. But he does have the concentration of a player like James Milner. So he will receive the ball and quite often the ball will be broken up. Uh, Naby Keita coming in next season, he could be a phenomenal uh, partner for Jorginho. Uh, breaking the ball up, giving it to him. And he's got a very clear head. Uh, you see a lot of players in Serie A, they tend to try and... Um, really kind of get on Jorginho immediately because they know how deadly he is when he passes the ball. He, he reminds me um, a little bit of Xabi Alonso when he was at Liverpool and that he can break up the play and then play a 40-yard ball and put it on a dime. So I think he he, he wouldn't be a like-for-like like replacement uh, for Emre Jan. 
Uh, he wouldn't have the defensive prowess that he does, uh, that Emre Jan offers to the team, but he would offer a bit more going forward. But certainly, he would he, nowhere near he'd be a downgrade. Steve, let me ask you a follow-up to that. Um, given the personnel that we we know Liverpool have, and like you mentioned, Keita coming in, if you had to give me the the two ideal midfield compliments to Jorginho in your mind, who who do you think they would be? Does that does that include Emily Jan staying or Emily Jan leaving? Uh let's let's do a little column A and a little column B. Okay. I'd say if Jan stayed, I'd play Jan in the deepest role. I'd play Jorginho on the right hand side. And I'd be tempted to play uh, sorry, no, I was gonna say Lalana there, I mean Kaita on the left hand side. Um if Emre Jean was to leave, uh, I think we might see Kaita in a deeper role. Uh, Jorginho playing off him and then to be honest, purely down to his armband, I think Henderson would then make up the trio. But I personally would probably put in Gina Vinaldum or Adam Lallana. Brilliant that, yeah. Um let me let me come back to you here for a second, Paolo. Um, I know from what I've seen, anyhow, that Maurizio Sarri typically sets up in that you know in a, a similar four three three. Do you think that's that's the ideal setup to get the best out of Jorginho, um, or do you think there's maybe another formation? You know, I, I asked this because Klopp's experiment a little bit with almost kind of a four two 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 or a four two four this season. Um, of of those setups, which do you think would benefit Jorginho most? I really think it's the four-three-three three, uh, because he's able to, uh, you know, uh, exchange passes uh, with the two other midfielders to create those triangles, and also the four-three-three, uh, the four-three-three, because you essentially at Liverpool you have the uh, same type of front three in Salah, Firmino, and Mane, as uh, when compared to Napoli, it's uh, Insigne, Mertens, and uh, Callejon. So and it's it's pretty he'll feel fit like in like like a glove and. It, it's, I can see him picking off passes to uh, to, to Mane and, and Salah, just like you would, you would with Insigne and Callejon. Yeah, I, mean, I just wanted to sort of touch that because obviously Napoli have been so impressive this season. I think one of the things that people may look at when they see Liverpool this season, the defence has certainly improved, certainly since January. The attack has been, without a doubt, brilliant. I don't think we can complain with that. But the midfield has been an area that has been criticised. It's certainly sort of up and down. Sometimes it looks like we can dominate. How does Jorginho set up with the other midfielders at Napoli? I know obviously there's quite a lot of talent in there, and I'd like to know how he sort of sets up his three, Sari. Obviously, there's the likes of Diawar or, 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 or Alan there. Well, Alan is the essentially the the box to mock box to box midfielder. He's the engine of the midfield, and Jorginho is is kind of like plays in that. Pierlo-esque role, deeper, closer to the defense, and able to pick out the passes to start to, to start to build up. Uh, Diawara comes in as a sub as whenever uh, about 10, 15 minutes left in the game. Uh, but sometimes Diawara comes in uh, as a depth player to play. Uh, well, when Napoli was in the uh, in their cup competitions as a depth player. But uh, the main focus of that midfield is is Jorginho, and you can and you. You knew that at the beginning of the season when uh, that when Sarri would rest Jorginho uh, for the uh, European competitions. Excellent. Just got one more quick question I want to ask you, Paolo. Um, and this is given this relates a little bit more to uh, to Jorginho's lineage and obviously the the kind of tug of war for such a such a talented player in the national team pools. Um, obviously, talking about Italy for this summer is a little bit of a moot point, but. 
Going forward, do you see Jorginho as as a starter in Italy's strongest national team lineup, or is he a bit more of a prospect for the future? Um, well, I hope I hope he's a starter, considering that he's he's getting closer to thirty in uh, in, in his age. But um, I hope that in the next uh, qualification uh, qualification games for Euro 2020, that he's able to start and he's able to cement his place in the team. Uh, I can't see. Um, well, right now, I can't see any other young players in, in coming up and taking his spot. Yeah, one thing I wanted to sort of touch on with Jorginho. Um, <clears throat> as Liverpool fans, we all know that we have had some bad luck with injuries, I suppose, over the years. This season may not have been so bad, but um, there was obviously a lot made about whether Klopp's training methods were a little bit too intense and whether they had made Jog- um, made some of his players get muscle injuries when maybe some other clubs may not get them. Putting out Jorginho's injury history uh, through transfermarket.com, he's only ever missed three games, according to this. Once with a fever uh, in 2013 at uh, Verona, and two games with muscle fatigue uh, in 2014. I just think that's so invaluable. To have a player along those lines who can basically not miss pretty much any game and, and be reliable, maybe be able to cement... A, uh, a lineup in that midfield that will stay as it is. I think that's something that really, as Liverpool fans, we we would like to see. I think for quite a long time, especially with the likes of Lallana, Henderson, it's been difficult to sort of nail down a midfield that you would say that that was our priority. And obviously, we know that Jurgen Klopp likes to swap and change at times, depending on the situation, depending on fitness. But to have an ever-present would probably be worth its weight in gold for us, considering. The fact that we're maybe trying to challenge on a few more fronts now. Um, now, one thing I just want to touch on with with, with you, Paolo. Um, I know, obviously, you say that Dimazio hasn't linked Jorginho to Liverpool, but are there any other clubs that may be interested in him, or what do you think would be Jorginho's uh, feeling on a transfer? Well, uh, I can't really speculate, but I, I think in my opinion, he's most likely to stay with Napoli considering that he has a good relationship with uh, the rest of the key players on the team. Yeah, I mean, I was I was reading somewhere that, um, <clears throat> well, Liverpool um, was, supposed to, was supposed to be after this mystery player. Everybody sort of went mad over Twitter to try and find out who it was. I don't suppose Jorginho really fits the scenario, but I also read... Um, an article somewhere uh, through the Italian press that there was a bid in January for Jorginho from an English club or an unnamed English club that was turned down. And it also had involvements that Jorginho was happy at Napoli with with his family there. Um, I was just wondering whether maybe that was maybe Liverpool trying to push for him, considering the Emre Chan situation had sort of uh, seemingly gone past the point of us being able to keep him at the time. Um one thing that I wanted to touch upon as well, Paolo, uh, Napoli have been linked to another sort of regista or maybe somebody similar in that role recently. Um, could that possibly be a replacement for Jorginho? I, I haven't seen any links uh, uh, with Napoli recently, but uh, hypothetically, if he does leave, uh, Napoli will have to uh, find a quality re- re- replacement because he's been an absolute fixture in their squad this season. I wanted to say as well, what role does um, another player who we've been previously linked to, 
Piotr Zielinski. Uh, Steve, what role does he play for Napoli? Uh, a lot of people seemingly rate him quite highly, but I understand he doesn't really get a constant game. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think I'd be right in saying that the usual midfield trio is Jorginho, Hamsik and Allen. Uh, quite often, uh, Zielinski would come off the bench if they need a bit more attack and flair, which is something Napoli aren't really short of, to be honest. Uh, but when he comes on, he usually does make uh, a good impact. Um, yeah, yeah. in terms of the kind of role that he plays at the club, he, he does play in the midfield trio, as I say. And to be honest with you, a similar role to what Coutinho was put into uh, towards the uh, end of his tenure at Liverpool, in that he plays the, the attacking player of the midfield trio, which is something we're currently seeing with, uh, I'd say, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Uh, just wanted to say as well, the player who I was thinking about, who may be a replacement for Jorginho, um, should he leave, was Lucas Torreira. Um, I think it was Corriere della Sport who had linked him and had alluded to the fact that perhaps it may be a replacement should Jorginho leave. Um, <clears throat> also in an article, though, it said that it may depend on the fact that Napoli... If they win the title, they may let him leave. If they don't, they'd rather him stay and obviously try and push for it again next season, trying to obviously topple Juventus. What kind of uh, chance is there if they don't win the league, considering their recent stumble um, in, their, in their race for the Serie A title? What do you think, Paolo? Well, it, it will definitely throw all their plans into disarray, I can tell you that, because they even, uh, they, they created, uh, well, Pepperina stayed uh, this season um, to create a, a Scudetto pack. So if they, don't, if they don't win, then I think there's going to be some some changes for sure. And uh, to your point about Torreira, I do remember uh, translating an article that, uh, that Sampdoria is looking to increase um, Torreira's uh, exit clause. So to prevent Napoli to uh, to go in and swoop for them, so that I, I understand where uh, now that you mentioned Torreira, that it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I figured as much. Now, I mean, me myself as a Liverpool fan, it sort of gets me excited when when people like yourself, Steve, have mentioned him in the same breath of Xabi Alonso. It's something that I've sort of missed in the Liverpool team for a long time. And obviously, Gerard stepped back into a deeper position um, when he was very very good at spraying the passes, dictating the play. Certainly, Henderson hasn't really been able to to do it in a way that Alonso used to. Um, in fact, I don't really think I've seen many people in, in the Premier League do it in the way that he did. I think it's something that we need uh, an improvement on. And hopefully that means that if Klopp is after Jorginho, he has also agreed that we need somebody there. But let's just say that Jorginho isn't available. Is there anybody else in Europe or you know, maybe someone else in the Premier League that you would say, OK, here's the plan B for Jurgen Klopp? Now, I'll be honest with you, um, no, no names come to mind, to be honest with you. I'm trying to think uh, that he basically plays similar to Jorginho. I, I can't really think of, of of too many players that I like him. With, with passing being such a, a, a second nature to him, I could only uh, perhaps Marco Verratti, but is there any way that Liverpool could tempt Verratti away from PSG? I, I'm not too sure. Uh, you got players like uh, Casemiro, but again, these are players that Liverpool will probably struggle to prize uh, from these teams, unless we went for perhaps um, teams further down. Maybe we'd um, pluck from some Europa League clubs, perhaps. But I'm not too sure, to be honest. Completely agree. I mean, 
I, I think we can probably agree that his role is more maybe like a regista and, and that's something that's almost invaluable in, in football today, you know, to have one that can sort of perform in the way that Jorginho does effectively. Um, certainly worth a bit of money considering transfer fee nowadays. How about you, Paolo? Is there anybody who springs to mind who, if a club was looking for somebody like Jorginho, they could go for an alternative? I'm I'm just speculating here now. It just in my opinion, uh, there's been rumors that uh, that Marquisio maybe you know thinking about leaving. And he said that he would never play for another club in Italy. So who knows if uh, maybe he could be tempted to go to the Premier League. I'm not I'm not saying that he would, but it could be a temptation. Well, I mean that would certainly be pretty groundbreaking. I always thought maybe he'd end his career uh, in Turin, but. I certainly wouldn't say no to Marquisio if your most Liverpool fans wouldn't. Um, right, I'm just going to... We, we put out a poll on Twitter uh, the other day asking if any of the followers want to ask any questions about Jorginho in general and, and, and how he may improve the team. Um, this one comes in uh, from um, Phased Firmino. It's a lovely name. Um, basically asking... If Chan leaves, uh, do you think Liverpool should sign another player in, condition, in addition to Cater and Jorginho? Um, I think um, phase for Mini basically means that Chan is a bit of a different player and with Klopp playing with a three in midfield, would it be completed? I'm going to take this to you, Steve. Or would you rather we sign somebody else in that role? I know obviously you said that you probably have to put Henderson in because of the armband. Take him out of it. If you wanted to make your perfect midfield three, and Keita and Jorginho were already there. Who else would you put in? Well, uh, I'd play Keita and Jorginho a little bit ahead of uh, one player that I was... I was. I actually just thought of it moments after I stopped answering your question before, but Atoro Vidal, there's been a bit of speculation around him maybe potentially wanting to leave Bayern Munich, and to be honest with you, I, I, I couldn't think of a, a more uh, dreamy trio than them three, because a follower of Juventus, and I've seen Vidal there, and unbelievable football. He's played centre-back for Chile a few times, so he's certainly the kind of player that we'd be looking for. Finally, after all these years, maybe we finally replace Javier Mascherano. I mean, that that would be a dream, surely. We're talking about replacing Alonso, and we haven't quite done that. We, we've we gone nowhere near to the point of replacing Mascherano, um, and that would certainly be nice. Um, I suppose touching on that, a, a few people asking questions on Twitter want to know about Jorginho's position. You guys are obviously pretty well versed in that, and they seem some of them seem to think he's a defensive midfielder, maybe a ball-winning midfielder, and I certainly say he, he's nothing along the lines of that or, or, or like Mascherano. But boy, better know that's his out on Twitter, says, how is Jorginho's defensive work rate? Um, to him, sometimes he seems to be a little bit casual and that might not be something that you would find in a proper defensive midfielder. Uh, what do you think, Paolo? I think he's more of a deep-lying uh, playmaker than, than a defensive midfielder. He can he can cover ground, he can uh, he can win the ball, but it's, it's Alan that does uh, most of the defensive work that he's able to break up play, Carry the ball quickly up the field, and then passes it off to Jorginho, where he where he's able to create plays. Yeah, it certainly makes more sense. I mean, that's certainly my impression of him. Um, just a, a, another one here. Um, probably going to go to you with this, Steve. Uh, with the signer of Virgil Van Dijk, and obviously we've got 
players like maybe Joel Matip, who are quite comfortable on the ball, coming out from defence as well. What would be the significance of Jorginho? I'm expecting him to sort of drop off and ask for the ball in the same way that you see Henderson do and, and sometimes Chan do for us at the moment. Will that mean that the defenders maybe don't have to get involved quite as much when bringing it out from the back? Or which mm. formation will Jürgen Klopp sort of craft it in so that all of them can be able to sort of dictate play and, and try and start moves themselves? Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we'd maintain the formation that we're playing now. I think currently we're seeing Jordan Henderson being deployed as the deepest of the trio. And I, I think that is probably where we'd see Jorginho being deployed. His uh, best trait is very clearly his passing ability. Um, and he's got a very, a very cool head. He takes uh, penalties uh, often for Napoli. He's got a very cool head as well there. So I could imagine Van Dijk. Picking up the ball, another player with a very cool head and laying off a 15-yard pass. And if Jorginho's got space, the other team has, has made an error because he's about to do a 50-yard, maybe a 30-40-yard lob pass over the top to Mo Salah. And that kind of, that kind of thing is uh, will be scary for the opposition. I think um, I think the significance of Jorginho into the team, you would see... Um, Liverpool be a bit more concentrated when they're going forward, perhaps, like what we're seeing in Napoli now, what uh, the Italians are calling Sarri ball, uh, very exciting football where Jorginho dictates quite a lot of the play. Um, like Even today, uh, Liverpool played Porto, um, and I, there was numerous times where Jordan Edison played a, a nice pass, but he rushed it, and I'm just thinking to myself, if that was Jorginho instead, he'd have took his time, he'd have found a different route, it would have worked better. Maybe perhaps we would have had a few more scoring opportunities today if it was him instead. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, after watching today's game, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Jordan Henderson, but I, I do agree. I sometimes think maybe a pass is rushed or... It's misplaced when maybe somebody with a little bit more talent or maybe a little bit more quality consistency might be able to do it different. Jorginho, mm. for example, would be very nice. Um, Henderson, for me, if he does um, bring in Klopp, another player to play in that deeper role, originally when Henderson signed for the club, I always saw him as a bit more of an attacking midfielder or, or certainly when Klopp came to the club, I thought he would keep him a little bit further forward because of his pressing ability. Now, I don't know whether his heel injury has affected that at all, but um, I saw him a couple of times today, a little bit further forward in the pitch. And, and, you know, if he was going to play for us, that's where I'd certainly want to see him. What, what do you think is going to happen to Henderson if uh, if Jorginho comes in, Steve? I mean, in all honesty, if uh, Jorginho comes in, I mean, that's the end of Henderson playing in that deeper role, I do believe, because your captain can't be a rotation player. Uh, at that point, he's moving further up the pitch. I, I don't see him taking Naby Keita's position in the team. And then you've got one last space available in the midfield. And I feel as if Lalana takes that space uh, or Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, Henderson is obviously very liked um, by Klopp. And I, I quite like Henderson myself. I, I love the passion that he shows. But I do think if we were to sign Jorginho, uh, Jean was to leave and there were no more outgoings in the midfield. Uh, I do think that's quite possibly the end of Jordan Henderson at Liverpool, simply because I think him being a rotation player, he'll lose the armband because he won't be consistently on the field. Now, a lot of fans have been saying they'd like to see Van Dijk with the armband, but I'm not really going to talk about that right now. But a rotation player, I don't think, can be your captain. And I think taking the armband off him would be too much of a confidence 
shock for him, and I think ultimately we we might have to offload him to uh, perhaps Southampton. It would probably do given them a player at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think we, they probably do deserve someone offers. I mean, yeah, I I kind of agree. It'd be sad to see his, his Liverpool career come to an end because I like those type of players. He he was maybe the the. the a bit ridiculed at first because some of his performances weren't so good, but you could see the passion. You could see the fact that he wanted to work hard. And, you know, some people don't agree with what happened, but Brendan Rodgers rewarded his ability to turn his career around at Liverpool with the captain's armband. It was always going to be a, a, a difficult sort of step in to go after Gerrard. Um, and, mm. you know, it was it was interesting today. I, you know, I just read through some of Klopp's quotes and, he was going on about Van Dyke's leadership abilities, so you might be onto something there. I certainly think that quite a lot of people have said that about him. Um, now, just to go off topic a little bit, the goalkeeping situation at Liverpool, um, we've seen Carrier start tonight. Um, we heard Simon Mignolet talking to the press after Klopp had confirmed that Carrius would be number one until the end of the season, um, talking about his future, talking about he needs to think about his place for the World Cup squad, but also he doesn't want to be sitting on the bench. Now, almost immediately after that, there were quite a few links between Simon Mignolet and Napoli. And we've obviously talked about a pack that, that Reina may have made um, about maybe leaving if they don't win the Scudetto this season. Um, Paolo, what do you think about the possibility that Simon Mignolet may replace Reina at Napoli, just like he did at Liverpool? <laughs> I, I, that's that's uh, that's one of the names I've uh, I've seen uh, linked on uh, DeMarzo's site. They're, they're also looking at other names. I think uh, Bern Lano was another name. Uh, Ger- uh, Geronimo Rulief from uh, Real Sociedad. So Napoli's looking at uh, different goalkeepers, but definitely Simon Mignolet was one of the names that that, were, that was linked. Well, <laughs> I do find it quite incredible to hear uh, Mignolet's name mentioned alongside Bern Lano. I mean. I like Simon Mignolet. He's he's done a really good job for us with 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 what he's got. But I mean, I don't know how people in in Europe sort of perceive his ability to be. But um, I don't know. I think he's frustrated Liverpool fans for quite a long time here, despite people not really hating him. They understand that he's probably not good enough. Do you, do you think that there could be a possibility that Mignolet could be used as a as a make weight in a deal for Jorginho? Would they be willing to do that? Would they need to have a keeper that much? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think uh, Napoli are are looking to keep Jorginho, in my opinion. And if if they do, um, if Liverpool tries to uh, use uh, Mignolet as a counterweight, I think Napoli would uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't um, uh, discuss it. Yeah, I mean, if I was in uh, Napoli's shoes, I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't be after Mignolet, but. They obviously don't want to lose Jorginho. I think they probably want somebody a little bit more valuable in return, or certainly a huge chunk of uh, a chunk of cash. Um, so, guys, just to wrap this up, we tend to say what we think about the possibility of the transfer happening, um, and we generally rate it out of ten. Um, and we just want you to be honest uh, and let us know, let the listeners know how likely you think the transfer deal is about happening, and we'll go for this summer. So, um, how about you first, Steve? What do you think, out of 10, the likelihood is that Jorginho is a, is a Liverpool player by the end of the summer transfer window? 
I'd say a six out of ten, and that is purely down to the Klopp factor. If Jorginho wants to work with Klopp, then you know that's going to be a big pull on power. Um, apart from that, he's playing at a fantastic club where he is now. He doesn't necessarily need to move uh, to win trophies. If anything, he's probably got more chance of winning Serie A with Napoli than he has the Premier League with Liverpool. So perhaps he stays, but maybe he's got some sort of connection with Klopp or maybe even the club itself. You, you never know uh, what clubs he might have enjoyed when he was a kid. So I'd, I'd give it a, a 6 out of 10. I mean, that's certainly maybe sitting on the fence a little bit, but I, I do agree. You know, the Klopp factor, I think, has taught us as Liverpool fans to believe again that we can sign bigger names. You know, who would have thought that we would be able to sort of attract Naby Keita, albeit in a, in, in a move in 12 months' time? but when so many other clubs seem to be interested in him. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned there about uh, Jorginho maybe having some sort of affiliation to Liverpool, who knows who he supported. But I just wanted to touch on that. His heritage, obviously he's Brazilian, but he's taken on uh, the role in the Italian national team. A lot of people have been concerned about Roberto Firmino at Liverpool and that Lucas has been sold, Coutinho has been sold, clearly friends of his. Would another Brazilian... People have spoken about Alisson as well. Do you think that might be influencing the decision of Klopp to try and keep Firmino happy? What do you think, Steve? Uh, would that really help us? Is he that sort of guy that might come along and, and be friends with him? I mean, you know, perhaps. It's a, another... Um, I, th- I think I'd be right in saying that Jorginho speaks Portuguese. So it'd be, it'd be useful for him to have someone around who speaks obviously the same language as Asm. Um, but in terms of whether that would influence Klopp's decision, I think slightly. But I think Klopp would be more concerned about how they actually converse on the pitch as opposed to off the pitch. Although I would imagine that he does want them to get on you know, off the pitch as well. Uh, so I wouldn't say it have too much of a, of a concern on the fact that he's got Brazilian heritage. Um, but yeah, perhaps. I wouldn't rule it out. Anything to keep Bobby happy. I mean, Marnie seems to be his best mate now anyway, so <laughs> don't think that really matters. Um, how about you, Paolo? Out of 10, what do you think? How likely is this transfer going to happen in the summer? Or, I mean, I know you've not been particularly optimistic. What If you could follow it up with maybe what fee, whether it might be the most outlandish fee, would we have to pay to get Jorginho to come to Liverpool? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start by chances um it all depends if napoli wins the scudetto if napoli wins the scudetto i think there's i think there's no chance that he goes to liverpool i think he 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 stays but if napoli doesn't win the scudetto maybe it's five out of ten is that 50 50 chance i I think uh but and and for the fee it it, in my opinion i I haven't read anything or uh, demarzo hasn't linked to uh, hasn't linked him to liverpool but in my opinion, I think it would be a command at least over thirty million pounds plus. Uh, that's that's a guarantee. Oh, 30 million. I mean, that's that's a bargain today. I mean, plus plus. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> that, that's on the low end. I think Napoli's gonna, uh, of course, ask for more. Well, could, double it. Yeah, so would I. Would triple it, man. <laughs> Considering the market values nowadays. Um. Interesting, not so long ago, when the transfer saga was going on, was there an £8 million bid that we made to uh, 
to try and sign him in the first place. Just shows how, how crazy the transfer fees have gone. But uh, interesting to hear that, you know, if Juventus maybe win Serie A, then there may be a little bit more of a, of a chance of it happening. Maybe I'll have to become a bit of a Juventus fan. <laughs> like you, Steve. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Um, so, from myself, Alex, Steve and Paolo, hope you enjoyed listening to it. And goodbye. <laughs> Podcast Network.